show Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey, along here with my two wonderful co-hosts, Hindu Anthony. What's up, Buttercup? And Super Vegan Brian. Hello, Michael. Hello. And today is episode 13, Horror. Just Not horror? Horrors. We're talking about horrors? That's awesome. <laughs> no, we're talking about horror movies. And basically, uh-huh. the genre of horror and slasher and... All things gory, bloody, and scary. Stuff, stuff that makes your skin crawl if you watch it too late at night alone. I wanted to talk about horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week we'll talk I about horrors. Brian? Not, uh, not to say that all nerds need horrors, but I'm sure there's some. Brian, there's I, I have to ask you a question. Do you get lonely? <laughs> I think I'm, I, I think I'm going to get in trouble for using the word horrors. <laughs> Today is going to be all about horror movies, slasher movies, the, 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 and the genre of the like. I think it's going to be a pretty good episode today, guys. I've, I watch, I've seen a good amount of horror movies. I'm just not like, like oh, my, oh my gosh, slasher fan. But I, I do in, enjoy a horror movie every now and then. When the sun is up and the lights are on. <laughs> I don't and think I've, I've, I've seen any horror movies. I, I don't know any of any movies about horse. <laughs> Brian's just gonna keep on with the horse. He's gonna joke. drill for this all day, and it's gonna be fun. That's what that's what she said. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that that Brian, was good. Brian's just gonna keep drilling and drilling. Okay, that got blue quick. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh it works in my almost God. every this situation. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we're talking about scary movies. Yeah, let's switch over to let's switch over to the other vernacular. We were talking about scary movies, the ones that make your skin crawl and you <laughs> and you wonder if the neighbor next door is going to murder you or if your closet really has something living in it. But first, before we talk about scary movies, what do we have to do? We have to play one of our favorite games that we play every week. What's nerdy with you? And I'm going to go first. Oh, wow. Yeah, Eric Britton. <laughs> Eric Britton, this is your fault. <laughs> you did this, Eric Britton. But yeah, no, I'm going to go first. So last week, you remember me saying that I had that basically f- massive freak out about trying to figure out what happened on Critical Role. And that was my nerd thing because I was like having <laughs> panic attacks. I'm like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> and then. What everybody else doesn't know is that Monday after we, that Monday, because we record normally, it was Mondays, it was sometime, you know, Monday. After we got off the call, I jump on to try and watch the episode so I can be like, ah, and they ripped the episode down due to audio troubles. I'm at, it's gone all Monday and most of Tuesday. And then they come on, the Geek and Sundry comes on their Twitter page and they say, hey, we're trying to rectify the problem. It'll probably be up for on on the website on Wednesday. I'm like, I need to know what happened now. And it's like, and for you people who are impatient or impatient, you can watch the rebroadcast on Twitch because they have good audio. So I checked in on the episode as I'm at work because the rebroadcast started at 10 and I got off at midnight. 
So I'm like checking in on it, watching it. And basically all the it's they were doing most of the role play at the end of the episode. I got off at midnight. I go home. I, I get on. It's like 1210. I'm sitting down. They, they had just started a 10, like a, a three hour long combat to make things short. And if anybody listened, watches Critical Role and you haven't seen that episode yet, I'm going to tell you right now, there is a spoiler. Their gunslinger Percy did die. Dun, 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 dun. He, pa- he he was killed by another gunslinger, and my nerd thing this week is I cried at the death of a D&D character. That wasn't your campaign. <laughs> yeah. I, I am not even kidding you. I had tears coming out of my face at like 2 o'clock in the morning on my living room couch. You're like, not Percy, why? And I'm watching all the other people and on the show cry, and it, it was terrible. So, yeah, that's my nerdy thing last week. I cried for the death of a D&D character that I didn't make. I, I don't know, know how to respond to that. <laughs> You've never done that, Brian? No, no, I've never done that. I've never cried about the D&D characters that I have that when they die. You've never seen somebody else's character die and go like, wow, that was really depressing. I must question life now and then cry. No, no, I, I acknowledge that I'm playing a game. <laughs> Game or not, I still loved this guy. <laughs> Anthony, Michael, what's your nerdy thing? Michael loved the imaginary character. Move on, move on. Me and the wife, we got a PlayStation 4 because she wanted a PlayStation 4. Pretty much just do whatever my wife tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a PlayStation 4. Yes, master. I got a game, actually. Yeah, I'm actually playing a game on, on Z console. Uh, oh, we got him back. No more Master Race. Oh, no, I still plan on being part of the Masters. I got The Witcher 3, which is an amazing game. Oh, my God, I love it. I know I'm like way behind. I mean, the game came out in 2015, so I'm, I'm f- far behind on my gaming, but I haven't played it yet. I wanted to try it, and I wish I'd played it sooner. The game is so good. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. That's what I've been doing, playing The Witcher 3. That actually sounds pretty cool. I am Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, and you are somewhat behind. They have two DLCs right now. So, Well, I got the one that has the DLCs in it, and it has more than two DLCs. It has, like, two main DLCs, and then, then like, 18 little mini free DLCs had, that they give out. I had no idea there were that many micro DLCs for that. Yeah, but those were free. The, That's good. This That's one really came good. with the two that you pay for, so it was just, like, one whole package that I have to pay, like, over $100 for. Whoa. Man. Okay. Brian, tell us your glorious thing that is nerdy with you this week because i know i'm i we we know where you were so we need to know all the <laughs> this weekend i went to santa clarita valley comic-con awesome it was pretty great i beginning. played pathfinder all weekend that's so cool i had some of the best games i've ever had it was really good i ran a game that went really well can i interject sure what game did you run i ran true dragons of absalom which is a special game that only five-star GMs can run. Um, for those that don't don't know, in Pathfinder Society Organized Play, if you run 150 games, you become what's called a five-star, so you get access to these special games that you can run once a year. Well, I'm sorry, once a year they come out with a special game that five-star GMs can run, and this special game let you run for people playing evil characters. Um, they're pre-generated kobold characters which are little draconic (laughs) reptilian guys and it was pretty cool it went really well um it it was neat to see people deciding who they were going to betray and 
using underhanded and evil tactics instead of good tactics, but still everyone worked together and they had a fun time. I understand why they restrict it to five-star GMs because they believe that experienced GMs can run for evil characters and still have people getting along with each other instead of trying to backstab each other, which you don't want at a game. This is true. I also met some really cool people at the con and a bunch of which want to be on the show. So that will be really cool. Look forward to future guests. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to start with Jeffrey Scott, who is an amazing fantasy artist, fantasy and sci-fi artist. He's a photographer who does altered photos for like robotic women and monsters and just amazing work. Warning, there is a lot of nudity in his photos, so okay. not safe for work, um, but he's just incredible. I was blown away, and it was I, I got to spend a lot of time with him this weekend just sitting and talking about photography, so that was really cool. I also met another future guest, Christy Shin. Hmm. Christy Shin, who wrote a real... She's an artist who created a book called Personal Monsters. In that book, she created cartoon depictions of social and mental monsters that we carry with us, like depression and anxiety, or like a parasite friend. Oh, that wow. Really cool. That sounds, that sounds pretty cool. And she's really excited about being on. She even, um, I even talked to her about doing a commission to do a celiac disease monster. Ooh, that would be cool. What would that look like? I, I pictured it like a snake wrapped around your gut that's like um, bleeding on one end and pooping on the other. <laughs> Jesus. Blood coming out of its mouth and poop coming out. Ugh. Or the other way around, which would be even better. That would be terrifying yet awesome. I like it. I'd wear a like t-shirt it. with that on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the national symbol of celiac disease. <laughs> I also met an artist named um, Stephen Del Tor Jr., who did this series called Little Monsters, which are cutified monsters for t-shirts and prints and posters and stuff like that. I so would really wear cool. something like that. And I have a stack of business cards to go through to reach out to people and see if anybody be interested in being on and also see if we're interested in having all these people on. I also have a comic book called Frontiers that I have to read because they're interested in being on the show. So I have to read this comic book and see see if we want them to be on the show. It looks pretty cool. Like I, I don't have any doubt that we'll probably want them on. I like the art style in it. Mm. It's one of those black and white art styles, like line art, black and white with color mixed in, like blood is red and Eyes are sometimes blue for emphasis. The issue I have is a preview of it's the Comic-Con preview for his graphic novel. And it's written by you can see how much I've looked into this. (laughs) It's written by someone. Jeffrey Ashley. Jeffrey Ashley. Jeffrey Ashley. Yeah. He um, he got in touch with me and asked me to to check it out. So. Um, I've been I've been looking through it, and I'm probably just going to read it and see what we think. I'm, I I don't have any doubt that we're going to like it. It's illustrated by Caesar Adrian Carascal and colored by Sarah Alleg- Allegra. That looks like one of those just really cool things you pick up at a comic con. That's cool. I got to meet the 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 woman who played the younger daughter on Little House on the Prairie. The little one. Yeah. Wow, she's got to be old. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty neat. I don't remember her name, <laughs> but I did meet her. <laughs> um, this is this podcast. 
Another thing I did was I went to the WTF Lesque Burlesque show. What? Okay. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was a nerdy, a nerd themed burlesque show. Um, the f- to give you an idea, the first act was um, Captain Androgyny. What? Okay. Who performed a erotic Star Trek performance. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Then there was. I'm not going to remember the names of all the other people. Captain Androgyny stuck in my head. But then there was um, a man and woman duo that did a performance to um, Back to the Future scene with um, Marty and his mom. No. Then there was a girl on girl, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock scene from the episode of the original series where they fought on the planet. I'm listening. And it ended with them making out. (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 that's amazing because that's it, one of my it, favorite scenes from the original series there was um, a performance to Friday by Rebecca Black that turned into a very gory Friday the 13th scene oh gosh with blood all over the stage and a mostly naked woman mostly naked well it's burlesque so they don't get completely naked uh, yeah, the striptease goes down went down to um Basically, top was gone, and then garters and underwear, and there were pasties. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, burlesque traditionally doesn't show nipple. But yep. the the interesting thing about the pasties was during the Mister Spock and Captain Kirk scene, Captain Kirk's pasties were tribbles. <laughs> That's um, actually really cool. The the a guy named Jam Handy emceed the show, and he was hilarious. Um, he yeah. and I'm I'm just gonna quote one of his jokes. And I'm sure Michael's going to quote it after I say it. Um, (laughs) If it's funny. (laughs) He goes, how many people in the audience play Pokemon Go? (laughs) And And a bunch of people screamed. And he goes, I have an app like that that I've had for years, but it's for cock. (laughs) 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 He says, you look at the app and it tells you where the cocks are. And you go out and you find them. You throw your balls at him and you catch him. <laughs> Jesus. You've got to catch them all. It's called Tinder or not Tinder. Yeah, Grinder. Stung about Grinder now. It was just a joke. I, he didn't mention the name of the app. It was just a joke. It was a funny joke. <laughs> Why do you know the names of the apps? <laughs> Grinder is that gay dating app. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I've, I've seen it before. Why would it be bad if he knew the names of the act, Michael? The hey, name Michael. Michael. Yeah, Michael. You're just picking on me because I eat meat. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. <laughs> you both of you like, yep. Um, the show was opened by an act called the Library Bards. Um, that was um, it was uh, one of the guys from the King of the Nerds and a girl from the Quest. And they're a nerdy parody music duo. Ooh, they did. It's I'm all about that space. No tribbles. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, they also did, um, instead of um, X's and O's by El Kin, El Kin yeah. they did um, Ship, Ship, um, Ship, Flynn, and Bo, um, Flynn, F- Ship, Flynn, and Poe from um, <laughs> Star Wars, um, yeah. Force Awakens. That would probably be a good one to hear. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. They were selling CDs. Um, a friend of mine got one, so I, I didn't get one, but I'm looking forward to um, hearing what it's like. I might order one. 
Yeah, let us if you do end up ordering it, let us know because those sound like really fun songs. The Aether Brigade also performed after the in- intermission, and they're a steampunk comedy group, a time traveling steampunk comedy group. <laughs> That's a nice format. They their performance was an infomercial for Aether Industries, and they were selling um, they were selling muffs. What? Yes, they were selling these sle- these like vagina sleeves with pubic hair on them. They were really funny. That that's interesting. They had the bear one. They had the bejeweled one. They had the landing strip. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, I'm they just had the natural. They had the natural one. They uh, they asked her to show how you interact with the natural one. She says she only plays with the buttons on the side. <laughs> yeah, it was a very dirty show. It was funny. Well, it was a burlesque show, so yeah, it's it's gonna be dirty. Yeah, that, that's really that's actually really cool. The the um the con was at a um, it was at a movie studio where they train film crews. So the it wasn't at a hotel like normally these things are. It was at a movie studio. So the oh, wow. um, the burlesque show was in a movie set. It was um a speakeasy. Oh, oh that's really cool. neat. Yeah, that's that's super cool. On um on Friday I went and they they had karaoke in there so I went and sang some karaoke. What'd you sing? Uh, Creep by Radiohead. Oh, that's your favorite song. That's my favorite song. That's what I do when I only have a chance to sing one song at karaoke. Yeah, that's a good song to sing though. Um, creep. Yeah. That's good. Um, so considering how long we we talked to Brian about his nerdy thing, I'm gonna just say Brian wins. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for yeah. Mike. Yeah. You're voting for me. Why would you vote for me? Because it's a saga. <laughs> uh, and I it's a saga genesis. Week. We'll come back next week. He's alive. I, I, I have to also. give. I have to give Anthony credit. Ha! Saga genesis. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, uh, see what you did there. That's funny. Wasn't good. You sickened so, me. So, what are we talking about again today? Horror movies. Uh, whores. Oh, I mean, <laughs> scary movies. Talking about scary movies. Spoopy movies. Um, I actually want to ask you guys, you know, what was actually like, what's the earliest scary movie you can remember? Like, for me? First, basically. Um, for me, the earliest scary movie I can remember is Poltergeist. Uh, wow, I thought you were going to say like cave drawings of like dinosaurs eating people. <laughs> Brian, was it really that though? Ha 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 ha! That's so <laughs> funny. Brian's older than you guys. He's not even that much older than I'm, us. I'm ten no, years older not. than you. I'm ten years older than you. I, it's enough. You're nine. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I was born in '88. I know he's really not. He's he's actually the same generation as us. People probably think Brian is like sitting there with a walker next to his desk with a great beard. <laughs> We make fun of him about this. But Poltergeist, huh? I've actually never seen the original or the remake. I've never seen Poltergeist at all. The, oh, I don't even know about the remake, but the original. Oh, man. That one, that one got me. The second one um, it made me afraid of the bathroom. Oh, with the... Um, the braces. The braces. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That, that scene. Ooh, I was like, I don't ever want to get braces. Uh, the first... Well, Anthony, well, I, I want to ask you, what's what's one of the ones, what's one of the first ones you can remember? I definitely watching. remember watching it when I was five. Oh. The made for t- the TV remake. 
the yeah. TV, um, the TV yeah, uh, miniseries. miniseries. Yeah, yeah. With with Tim Curry as uh, Pennywise. Yep. That that was so good. That one actually didn't scare me as much as be like, yeah, kill that clown. Oh no, that scared the shit out of me. I was afraid of clowns for a very long time because of that oh, movie. My my sister when she was a little girl saw that. Like I think she was like three, and he it's like the scene with the uh, when he's coming up out of the sewer, and for some reason she immediately associated that with the toilet. Mm. And she's like, and she made us watch her go to the bathroom for a year because <laughs> oh, she didn't want to get sucked into the sewers through the toilet by this terrible demon clown. I remember when that happened. That was only like two years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When she was 18 and young, <laughs> but, uh, I have to go. Somebody come and help me. <laughs> come watch me. The clown's going to suck me into the toilet. Um, I watched that with my dad. Yeah. And my dad's a custodian. Oh. He was afraid of the drains at his work. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, so. it got him good. It's bad. I was I was afraid of drains and sewers. I wasn't afraid of clowns after that. Um, my parents helped me get over my clown fear when I was little by dressing me up as a clown for Halloween, and I was never afraid of clowns ever since. Now I oh, have really good. I have a really neat bit of um, Stephen King lore that has to do with it and Pennywise. Oh, I've read the book. Nah. is it from Dark Tower? Because yeah. I haven't read that. Yeah, it's from Dark Tower. What is it? So Stephen King, uh, the Dark Tower series is like pretty much his like magnum opus. It encompasses all his stories. The monster that Pennywise was, something similar pops up in the last book of the Dark Tower series. Uh, if I remember correctly, his name is um, Dangolo or Dan or Dangolo. It's a monster that basically like. Um, feeds off of particular emotions of people. Um, the one that they meet in the Dark Tower feeds off of laughing, so he kind of almost kills the gunslinger by making him laugh to death. This particular one from It feeds off of fear, and that was the whole thing of why he changes shapes and he makes the kids fear, is he's basically sucking their essence away through their fears. In the book It, um, there were that was done a lot more specifically. Like the there was a kid who was walking by a stream and saw the shark from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Of course, they couldn't do that on the show, so they did a generic Wolfman movie instead. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, I, I I understand that. I but read the It book. That was a good book, actually. I haven't read the It book. I, I want to read the It book. It's supposed to be very good. Other for than me, I'm going to spoil the It book for you a little bit, Michael. Go ahead. The children have sex with each other at the end. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's not. They do? Yep. Okay, I guess I'm reading it's, the book. It's really weird. Why do it's they really, It's very disturbing and weird. Like, as kids? Yep. That's how they get out of the sewer. Dad, okay, yeah. That's... I'm sure it's a metaphor for uh, having a horrible thing happen to you makes you grow up. But it's yeah. a very weird metaphor. Yeah, that's, that's very weird. I, I I guess I'll read this. Yeah, I, I uh, that's that's awkward. But yeah, it's Stephen King. But uh, for me, uh, the 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 earliest I can remember would be Child's Play, the first one with with the with the the, the stabby with doll Ch- with Chucky. And believe it or not, that movie fucked me up bad. Like I didn't have a toy chest when I was little. After I, I like, and I was like, "Oh, my toys could stay out there, fine. They're my friends and everything." And then, gee, I watched that movie, and I was like, "Mom, I need, a, I need someone to put these things in, preferably something with a lock." <laughs> <laughs> I 
And like it was, it was bad. That, that movie messed me up for years. And I, I thought I was, and I, you know, for some reason, I ended up seeing all the other ones somehow. And I was nine years old, nine or ten. And I go over to my friend's house, and he has this doll. It's like a an electronic uh, friendship doll thing. Sad thing is, it looks almost exactly like fucking Chucky. I'm not even kidding. It had the red. It had red hair, except it was curly. Had overall and overalls the shirt red shoes and like it's like hi i'm your buddy and i was like why do you own this book you (laughs) i was like why do you own this the first time i spent the night at my friend's house though he had that doll like sitting on a shelf and i looked at it and he was about to turn the lights off i was like hey can you do me a favor he goes what can you put that doll in the closet and like close the closet (laughs) he goes hated porcelain dolls too those things are fucking creepy he goes, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And he puts it in there. And then, like, he realized why, that I was afraid of the doll. And that night, he woke up, slid the door open a little bit, and, like, <laughs> leaned the doll over to where the eyes were looking right. <laughs> and he goes, Mike, did you hear that? What is that? And he handed me a fl- And I woke up, and he handed me a flashlight. And he le- and I look around, and I'm taking it. And I look, and the closet door's kind of open, and there's eyes looking at me. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Nine years old. And I go, holy shit. Oh, my God. And I run out of the room. And I'm, like, sitting on the couch shaking. <laughs> and he comes down, and he goes, wow, man. I didn't think you'd get that scared. And I was like, what? And he goes, I did it. And I hit him with a flashlight. And now he's dead. <laughs> no, he joined the army, and I saw him last night. Yeah. Oh, okay. So to this right. day, there is a scene in a movie that I can't watch without puking. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 oh. has a scene where there is a woman who is force-fed until she explodes. Oh, that's gross. I can't watch that scene. I've tried recently, too. I have to skip because I start heaving. Oh, I remember I, that scene. I have that a feeling a, a lot of people heave watching it. That's... There are some really gross scenes in that in that particular movie. There's some really gross scenes. There's a scene where a girl turns into a cockroach, and it's really gross. Yeah, that that's a horrible one. There, in that one, there's a lot of bad stuff. That was the movie that was sort of the end of the franchise, when the when the viewership just started dropping. Have either of you watched the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary? No. I started watching it last year. Like, I had the morning free, and I was like, I started watching it on Netflix. And they start, they're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 1, and it's like a long time. It's like two hours talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 1, the making of the movie, how it made um, New Line Cinemas so big. Then they start talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And I'm like, okay, they're going to talk about that for a little while. They talk about it for like 45 minutes. Then they start talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and I'm like, hold up. I pause. It's like six hours long. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They they talk in depth about every single movie. Whoa! I ended up watching the whole thing, but it, it's really really good. I mean, they talk about the whole franchise and the after effect. It goes all the way up to Freddy versus Jason. Oh wow! I actually liked Freddy versus Jason. I never saw that, that as was a horror fun. movie. I never saw that yeah. as a horror movie. I saw that as like an action. It wasn't. Movie. Yeah, no, kind of wasn't. It was like an action movie. I liked it. They, Welcome to my world, bitch! And cuts his head off. There's a scene <laughs> in that movie with the stoner guy. Yeah. They actually wanted Jason Mewes to play that character. They did? They did. And that's the reason why that character is so much like Jason Mewes. Oh, my gosh. That, why that makes he sense. do it? He's I don't probably, know. It's probably while he was on drugs. He, so he yeah, had to that's a good point. Because Jason Mewes was, he was addicted to Oxycontin. Uh, yeah, he got really Black tar heroin. Um, marijuana, of course. And 
no, no, a bunch of and like painkillers and stuff. And yeah, he he was messed up for a while. Yeah, right he's doing good now. He's got a daughter. Guess what? I'm guess very, very proud of you. Is what? I have not seen a single Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> oh, shock! Anthony hasn't seen a movie. <laughs> They're good. They're good movies. You know, I'm really bad. I I like scary movies, and I want to go and see all the classics. But I have not seen most of the classics. I haven't seen any of the Halloweens. I haven't seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth. I haven't seen any of the Screams. I haven't seen. <laughs> Jesus this is so depressing. Jeez, I'm not. I'm not like super crazy about scary movies, but I have seen <laughs> most of those. I have not. I saw um, it. the it remake of Halloween. By the way, I'm going to say now, Rob Zombie's remakes of Halloween are pretty cool. But the original ones with Jamie Lee Curtis would scare the holy piss out of me. Like those ones, holy crap! Uh, th- those there's something about them, like because he's technically like in the first one, you just see him as like a normal guy who's mentally disturbed, so he's just gonna start killing people. But uh, I, it's it's the fact that the guy can find you and catch you without having to move fast. So I got it's some so trivia sad. for you about Halloween. Okay. The mask that Michael Myers makes in that movie, William Shatner. Yeah, it's a cast <laughs> of William Shatner's face. Yeah, they because they're gonna they're trying to make a Captain Kirk mask for a Halloween costume. The studio was gonna sponsor it, and then it ended up getting canned. So they had this casting mask, and they they literally just turned it inside out, and it was white. Question about Halloween? Um, yeah. Since I haven't seen it, how is it that he can move so slow and it catch up to all these kids? I don't get that. He's Be- so fucking slow. Because they're panicking and he's not. That's yeah, how slashers he, work. Yeah, he's he's calm, collected. He knows what he's doing so he can figure out ways to get to them without having to try too hard. And they're freaking out. They're forgetting door locks. They're forgetting that you know they already took three lefts. There's a movie called Behind the Mask. Mm-hmm. That's a documentary. It's it's a it's a fictional documentary about slashers. Mm. As if slashers were real. Oh, that sounds really cool. Kind of like, um, kind of like uh, James Brooks did the whole uh, documentary about the zombie apocalypse, World War Z. Yes, World yes, yes. Book, oh. not the movie, the book, no, not the, the book. book. The book, the book the was amazing. Book, yeah. It's called Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon, and it starts with a film crew and an interviewer talking to Leslie Ver- Vernon, who's this slasher. And they're being very impartial. They're like, I mean, he's straight up talking about killing people. And they're just like, oh, and how do you do that? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? That's so crazy. In like that movie, caring. in that movie, they reveal it only looks like he's walking. When the person isn't looking, he sprints. And then as soon as they look, he starts walking again. Oh, kind of like a scare tactic thing. Yeah, they go into his cardio training, too. <laughs> they actually talk about his cardio training yeah they talk about his cardio training they they interview his mentor mentor yeah his mentor is supposed to be like an old school type slasher what yeah um there it's a it's a lot of it's a meta movie it's a lot of meta commentary that's funny though that yeah, i like it's, it's really really good um the the sequel never never made it but unfortunately because the original movie is just amazing um um what's his name um robert england is in it oh he is yeah he plays a version of the psychiatrist from halloween oh he plays a version of loomis Ah. yeah he's supposed to be like the nemesis of the slasher Ah. oh okay um one of the things that's really cool about the movie is when they're interviewing the mentor the mentor talks about 
Freddy and Jason as if they're real people. <laughs> oh, really? Just like offhandedly, and, like, oh, yeah, we met Freddy and Jason at the party, blah, blah, blah. And that they're not really supernatural. It's just tricks to make it seem like it is. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I'm convinced of this. In the original Friday the 13th movies, Jason didn't have to run. That sucker could teleport. I was going to say, he had to have teleported. In the original Friday the 13th movie, the killer wasn't Jason. No, it was his mother. (laughs) So I got, I got, okay, more horror trivia for you. Um, What major motion picture actor had his first appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1? Johnny Depp. Yep. That was one of his first major movie roles. And a follow-up for you. What was one of the early first appearances of a major motion picture actor in Friday the 13th? I don't remember that one. Kevin Bacon. <gasps> he was in the original? He was the guy that the arrow came up through the bed and went through his throat. That was him. What major motion picture actor had his first appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3? Tom Cruise. <laughs> i'm lost larry fishburne or as we know him lawrence fishburne oh shit really that was him played like an orderly at the hospital oh i okay yeah okay i remember him now in the credits for the movie in the credits for the movie it says introducing larry fishburne (laughs) oh wow that's actually really cool did you like google these ryan or do you actually know these things i know these he knows these things. He's Brian. He's Brian. <laughs> he just knows stuff. That's, he, that's, that's actually some pretty good trivia. One uh, of my super vegan power, powers is movie trivia. <laughs> Brian can walk around saying, I don't drink and I know things. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Oh, I don't really drink good. and I know things. Do you guys have a favorite scary movie? Uh, Brian, do you? Yes. Which one is it? The Ring. Ooh, that was a good one. Are- that's a good one. But it's, yeah, it, that's a good one. I saw that one. That was a good one. It has to do with my my experience. I went on a date to that movie. Now, first off, I don't commend doing this, and I felt really bad about doing this, but we snuck in. Aww, the only right. time I've ever done it. The date I was with wanted, wanted to, and I was like, sure, and just we, we snuck in. There was an open door, and we went in. We were staying at a little apartment in San Diego. We were terrified after seeing that movie. We were like, I need to go out to the car to get something. Could you come with me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And that apartment in San Diego, I'm convinced it was haunted. I was in the kitchen and I like I grabbed something and I went to down the hallway and I realized I'd forgotten something else. So I went back to the kitchen. All the cabinet doors were open. And the oven. And the uh, oven? Yeah. It's spooky. It's pretty spooky. Ooky. Yeah. Now, and I didn't hear it happen. Leaving fruit punch. Yeah. I just, I just about crap myself because we were still scared from the ring. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, I would have just about, I would have. <laughs> Give me new shorts for getting out of this house now. Oh, man. That, that's terrifying. Oh, that's rough. Do you have a favorite, Anthony? I actually do. What is Night it? Of the, Night of the Living Dead, the original one. The black and white oh, one? Yeah, I really like with, that. The one where the black guy's the only one to survive, only to get <laughs> shot by the cops. I really... <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking bullshit. 
I have to share um, Daniel Cross, our nerd in the backgrounds. Yeah. Favorite. Night on the Living Dead remake. The remake was good, too. Yeah, the remake was pretty good. Night on the Living Dead was just, it's good, good movie. I liked it. I really liked the original. That is a very good movie. Really yeah. good. I liked it. I heard, I heard that there was rumor that it was so disgusting like people were so grossed out by it, but they that they vomited in the theaters when it first played. Yeah, because they really weren't used to to what was being shown to them or anything. Plus, they actually graphically showed body parts being eaten. But what's funny is having a friend who's actually had to hunt and like gut animals and stuff like that. He, the moment you see a zombie bite into a liver, my friend goes, "That's the wrong size liver." <laughs> oh, that's a that's a cow's liver. That's... No, cow's liver is like. Six big. times ours. He's it was like a deer liver, or something like that. And it was like he's that's, like that's the wrong size liver immediately. So Sanders, uh, what is your favorite for me movie? One that I can go like one I can go to anytime and be like, yeah, I'm gonna get scared. Mm. Believe it or not, it's Dawn of the Dead, the remake or the original. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted one. You guys asked me that. It's actually the remake with Vane Rains in it because that the, the zombies actually moved fast in it. And I'm like, they're not supposed to be fast. Fast zombies are the so worst it, zombies. So it, it scares the crap out of me. But at the same time, I just think it's really cool. I watched that one with my brother. Yeah. And when the little girl stands up and starts running, he went, no way. <laughs> not really. Yep. That was great. <laughs> that was... Yeah, because I'm always used to zombies being slow amblers and everything, and then she like they started like booking it and running it and everything, and I was like, no, not cool, no, not cool. Yeah, I like Dawn of the Dead, both of them, the remake and the original. The original one is really good too. I just I I really like zombie movies. I got a story about Dawn of the Dead. I got to share. Okay, go ahead. So once again, I'm going to mention Daniel Cross. So I'd already seen Dawn of the Dead. I knew Daniel Cross was getting ready to go see it in the theater, and I talked to his girlfriend at the time and found out when they were going. So I waited a little while until after the movie start, went and bought a ticket, went into the theater after movie already started, snuck up behind them and other people in the theater saw what I was doing. And you could see the entire theater in the back of the theater was looking at me (laughs) because they could tell what I was going to (laughs) do. And I waited right for the baby scene. No. Yeah. And right when that zombie baby jumped out, I wrapped my arms around him and grabbed him and went, (laughs) (laughs) and he made a little squeaky sound, froze, (laughs) and I went, thanks, and I left. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. the best $10 joke I've ever heard. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) Best prank ever. That's 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 amazing. And everybody else was like, let him do it. Let him do it. Are there (laughs) any movie? Are there any scary movie fandoms that you're members of? No, can't say I am. Actually, I can't say that I I am. I am. Which one are you in? Evil Dad. Oh, no. Take it back. I am, too. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that, too. Change my change. My favorite scary movie answer, too. I don't of Darkness. I'm not scared of those. I'm not so either. I don't make them my favorite scary movie, but they're some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, amazing. I saw Evil Dead 2 first. Same here. Actually, I saw Army of Darkness first. I saw, well, okay, complicated answer. 
I saw Evil Dead. I saw the end of the movie when I was little. When I was okay. really little. And then I saw um, Army of Darkness with my aunt that showed me Evil Dead. And then she explained like what was going on from the previous movies that I didn't understand. Then I saw Evil Dead 2 much later, fell in love with it, and then went back and watched Evil Dead so I could see what I was missing. So now I've been watching Ash vs. the Evil Dead, I, and I, I find you... it to be amazing. Oh, it's so great. Well, the only thing I don't like about it is the episodes are a half hour long. Actually, um, okay, uh, this is going to lead into your comment on that. I got to watch the first episode of season two early on Facebook because IGN, I explained this to Anthony, IGN got uh, a deal with stars to stream it, and then they interviewed Lucy Lawless and Bruce Campbell. When they brought up the half-hour runtime, Bruce actually said, you know, we want a good amount of comedy and all the gore and stuff, and it, it, it becomes funny. He says, if we ran it any longer, the show really wouldn't be funny. It would just be like blood, 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 some talking, and then maybe a giggle. But it would it would lose a lot of its comedy clout if it was a full hour. But, mm. And trust me, I'll, you're not the only one. A lot of fans are very angry that it's only a half hour at a time, but I'm okay with it. Because I, I love I love how funny it is. Quantity over quality or quality over quantity kind of idea. Exactly. He actually said that. But I I love it. Uh one of my favorite scenes is he plants the he plants the cross. The crosses for the two dead people. Like, I think it was the girl's parents. And like she puts the crosses over their graves and then she goes, They were Jewish. He's like <laughs> <laughs> He looks at her and he's like she's you like you could have, like you could have told me that before I made the crosses. That's awesome. Oh, so there's some spoilers there on that. But I, I um, Army of Dark for me, when it comes to Army of Darkness, I actually saw the middle part of Evil uh, Army of Darkness first. It was like the, the good middle ten minutes. But my mom came in. She's like, "What are you watching? This is a horrible movie. You should turn this off." My mother. <laughs> tells me to do this. Uh, she turns it off. I don't get to see it for a long time. And then I watch Evil Dead 2 all the way through. And then I watch Army of Darkness all the way through. And then one of my close friends goes, hey, I found Evil Dead. I was like, oh, you did? He goes, yeah. And we watch it and we find out it's the first one. We, then that's when I find out about 1, 2, and Army of Darkness. And I was like, this isn't the movie I saw. And then I watch it and it kind of became the movie I saw. And I was like, oh, wow. And I did my research and found out what it was. I was like, man, I love this stuff. <laughs> I thought it was neat how Evil Dead is its own thing. Then Evil Dead 2 is a remake and a sequel to Evil Dead. Yep. And then Army of Darkness is a direct sequel to Evil Dead 2. Yeah. And That's I, uh, fun fact, Ash's monologue after getting out of the pit in Evil Dead and Army of Darkness is actually is actually the monologue I did in my high school drama class, where he really? talks about oh yeah he calls his shotgun his boomstick, <laughs> and that was the monologue I did. I actually did a cardboard cutout of a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> I put on a blue shirt and jeans and a and boots and I and I paint, I had somebody take a red marker and paint a couple cuts on my face. Did you say I, listen here, you primitive screwheads? Oh, the whole thing. I get up and it's like, all right, now listen up, you primitive screwheads. This is my boomstick. 
And I did the whole. It's because like, it's about a two minute monologue. It's about a two minute monologue. My favorite line from Army of Darkness is, "I don't even know these assholes." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I love that part. I love the crack, the crack in his voice when he says it. It makes me laugh every time. I don't even know these assholes. <laughs> if you yeah. watch that movie with the commentary, the part where Ash fires a shotgun over his shoulder at the witch. Yeah. He says, "Yeah, that hurt." <laughs> I bet it did. That's a sawed-off twelve gauge, right next to your ear. Oh, wait, heat. Wait, real shotgun? Like just? Oh my god! In the ow. movies, they use blank. They use Blanks. either or just bang guns that make a a really loud sound. Oh, jeez! And what he did yeah, was still, he right there at the he ear. Swung it over his shoulder to fire at this witch that's behind him, like Brian said, and he pulls the trigger. And yeah, I would imagine that would hurt really bad. And like it's funny because after he shoots, he like brings it down and rests it on his stump, and he's like, <sighs> <laughs> "That's he probably a very act like like an honest portrayal. Like that's his real feelings from firing that gun right next to his ear." Yeah, it, it, everybody seems like, "Oh yeah, he thinks he was totally awesome." And in his head, he's like, "Fucking ow, fucking ow." We have a family joke with um, Evil Dead Two where we call it a patriotic movie. Really? Yeah, because there's red, white, and blue blood in it. What? Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, oh, there's red, it. white, and blue, and black blood in it. So it's diverse, too. I'll have to watch it to understand. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. I love when everything in the house starts laughing at him, and he starts laughing back, and then he just starts shooting the shotgun. <laughs> oh, it's it's just incredible. We're, we're torturing Anthony right now. Yeah, I haven't seen it, because that's Anthony's motto. Just like, I don't care is mine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or meat is delicious is mine. Wait, there is something I have seen, though. What's that? Okay, so it's not a movie. It's a movie. This, uh, yeah, kind of. It's I've a six heard, and a half hour long movie. I've heard it's called like a giant movie spread across episodes. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Uh, How much of it have you seen, it? Michael? Not enough. <sighs> you can talk about it. I'm okay with spoilers. Have you, you find out that Eleven and the Demo Gargan were the same person the whole time? No. <laughs> if that's true i'm coming to your house totes my goats it's not true no it it's not be. the gunslinger dies at the end <laughs> fuck you <laughs> mercy have you at least seen the monster michael i don't actually think i have how far into it are you not far uh, that's not very descriptive this this is the reason why we couldn't do a Stranger Things episode instead of a scary movie episode. <laughs> you okay. guys go ahead and talk. I'll just listen. And then by the end, I'll be like, man, I really got to finish that. Stranger like- Things. This will be the third time it's come up on, on this podcast. Um, but at least it kind of makes sense to the subject matter. Yeah. It, yeah. It's an amazing adventure horror movie based on the idea of 80s adventure horror movies and it pulls inspiration from nightmare on elm street goonies et um stand by me the explorers dungeons and dragons dungeons and dragons well the whole dungeons and dragons scene is based on the dungeon dungeons and dragons scene from et oh shit i didn't think about that holy fuck yeah, it's, it's there. They not only inspired, they they like match the framing for certain scenes. That's oh, wow. so cool. 
I need to see if I can find it. There's a video where they show side by side of the scenes from the eighties movies and strange by and stranger things, strange by things, stranger things. But since it is horror, we'll talk about the horror aspect of it. The the terror aspect, the scary aspect. And that is stranger things has a similar, um, fear theme as basically the author HP Lovecraft of, we are just a small infinitesimal speck in a universe and we don't know shit about what the fuck is out there. And something that is out there decides to come here and say hello. And it's not very nice. The there There's lots of different inspirations of horror where the idea of scientists opening up a portal came from Stephen King's The Mist, the novella and the movie. That movie kind of messed me up. That was a good movie. Oh, wow, have you seen it? Yeah, I saw that movie. I like Poor that Thomas one. Jane, though. The fucking ending. Holy shit. I was like, what? Who's oh. the only way we could end it? Kaboosh, kaboosh, kaboosh. He's military comes up. Hey, it's all cool. We got to take care of my whole family. Just killed himself. <laughs> it's like, I just killed everybody in my family. No, everything's not cool. Fuck. Why'd you do that? Stupid. <laughs> Jesus. There's a there's actually a bit of there's actually a joke with that movie with some of my friends and it's did you know Will Smith played the giant crab monster? (laughs) (laughs) Anthony remembers the joke because we had a friend of ours convinced that Will's no okay so it goes all the way back okay I'll have to explain the story because you explain it deeper because you're better at it. This is a joke between friends that Michael didn't even know. Okay. Uh, Until I got brought into it. Yeah. So one of my friends, uh, Alex, his mom and her brother were watching the movie. And he he likes to fuck around with people all the time. And he had his mom and his uncle convinced that Will Smith played the crab monster in The Mist. And they're like, bullshit. And he's like, look at the fucking credits. And let's just say that these two people like to smoke a lot of grass. <laughs> so they're just fucking stoned and looking at the credits like it's not in the credits he's like yeah it is you're just fucking stoned just, just pay more attention you fucking stoners god damn Will Smith played the crab monster and it just became this giant joke of Will Smith is the crab monster in the mist he's also Cloverfield and Godzilla yep <laughs> <laughs> then there's a big spooky monster that you kind of sort of see in the distance Will Smith yeah, Will Smith is really into those kaiju movies. <laughs> <laughs> he was Razorback. So back to Stranger Things. He was also yeah. he was also one of the monsters in Power Rangers. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. <laughs> he was a skeleton guy with a detachable head. Let, let's make it better. Will Smith was all of the monsters in Power Rangers. <laughs> all of them. No, we can't do that. We can't steal Brian Cranston's clout. Brian <laughs> Cranston was one of the monsters in Power Rangers? He was several of them, and he did several voices. Like, and that's not even a joke. That's real. Yes, he was wow. a produ- he was like a production assistant or something, and then he did some voiceover work for several monsters, and then he did suit work for a couple monsters. Wow, I know this at that's all. Amazing. Yeah, and now he's Zordon in the movie that's coming out next year. It, he's supposed to be cast as Zordon. I like Brian Cranston now even more than I liked him before, and I liked him a lot before. Oh, I loved Malcolm's dad. And then I just saw him and so many other things. And I'm like, okay, this is even better. So what makes a good scary movie? It's got to make you scared. I think 
Thank like you. That, that, that's a quick answer, but it's true. It's good. A, a scary movie's not really good unless it, it makes you scared at some point. Yeah, like I, there's there's a lot of movies that scare me, but there's a there's a lot of them that do scare me. And there's a lot of them where I'm just like, meh. What do you mean by scared? Are you talking like like terrified? Like, like like hey, can we like watch this with the lights on, please? Or hey, I'm gonna walk down this really long hallway. Can you watch me and make sure nothing grabs me from the shadows? But what about a movie that maybe doesn't like scare you that very second? Like you could watch it through and be like, okay, I'm not terrified. Like nothing jump scared to make me go ooh spooky. But the whole time you just feel very uncomfortable. And then like you know months later you're just like still thinking about it and you're still like. I'm still kind of like uncomfortable I, I and unnerved by the idea that that movie brought up. Well, usually those are those movies kind of like Saw where people get mutilated and <laughs> and stuff. And that that's that makes me feel that way. And those are pretty good. But I don't know. Just some ones that I, I, for me, like a really good scary movie is one where I'm just like, wow, I don't want to be in the dark right now. I believe that what makes a scary movie or any scary story scary is the fear of the unknown. Yeah, you gotta you gotta leave like some kind of uh, unexplained gap, or some some moment that's not explainable. For example, are you guys familiar with the shortest scary story? No, I've I've, I've seen the game. It's like right after this. What's the world's shortest scary story? There's a man who is the last man on Earth sitting in a room. Huh? There's a knock on the door. Oh, although, and it never explains what the knock was. That's yeah, the end okay. of the story. I've yeah. heard this before. Yeah, it's yeah I've like, heard this before. Wait, what? Yeah, that is terrifying, actually. Especially, I, when, I find that a movie is especially scary when you you haven't really seen the monster yet. Um, it's true about Stranger Things, where the monster is really scary and they don't really reveal it to the end. If you ever see the movie, the um, Guillermo del Toro movie, Mama. Oh, ooh. yeah. The movie is terrifying until you start seeing the ghost all the time and then it's not as scary anymore yeah it's it, it's pretty woo. well because uh, i i remember watching this thing i can't remember if it was like if it was like a interview being done or if it was a or some some sort of thing scientifically explaining fear but the idea is if you can see the thing that's scaring you your brain can kind of process it and like analyze it and think about it and make conclusions about it and can just break it down to its base parts but when you don't see it and the fear is something that you can't see your brain kind of runs wild and starts like jumping at straws and going like wait well what if it's this or what if it's that maybe it's this oh my god and like your brain could always create a way scarier monster than what exists oh yeah well okay with that instance okay so what do you guys think makes a bad scary movie i mean well like what would what would make what would be something that would like totally turn you off to the scary movie uh brian when it's all gore and jump scares there's no like good substance no good uh elongated view of whatever the perpetrator is if the see i like movies with jump scares but the jump scares are really predictable it ruins a movie for me. I, I want the jump scares to be at actually unexpected times, not just when the tension is the highest. Yeah. Uh, a it, good example of a good jump scare is in The Ring, where they show the victim of Samara from The Ring, and the camera shows the reaction of the person and then just flashes to this very gory, horrible body for just a couple of frames. And it's just long enough for the head of the body to just 
fall over a little bit. And that stuck with me because it puts an image in your mind that your imagination then makes worse than it is because you didn't have really long enough to process it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. yeah. And who did that really well? Who? Stranger Things. <laughs> Gosh. With, with Barb. Yes. The first scene of Barbara. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was when, awful. When Eleven connects and like finds her and you see her laying there and you're like, oh, fuck, she's dead. But you don't expect her to be that fucking dead. She's real fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, they year. really used gore well there because you didn't expect there to be gore. Nope. Nope. There's, there wasn't gore in any of the show at all. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck, this took a real dark turn real Damn. quick. <laughs> yeah. Takes a hardcore dark turn. Okay, really, really fast. I really need to finish this. You know what movie that's not a scary movie used to be used scary really well um, by showing gore in an unexpected way? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, you're talking about the end. Yeah, the end of the movie. You just don't expect that to happen. You don't know <laughs> after after this whole adventure movie, running and jumping and boulders and Ark of the Covenant, you're like, well, this is great. And in the end, fucking dude's heads are melting and yeah, people face are melting. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? And a dude's oh. head literally explodes. Oh, yeah, you don't. I did not. First time I ever saw that, I think I was like six. Didn't expect it. Didn't yeah, expect it scared it. the shit out of me when I was a kid. Oh, fucked me up. I think that was one of the reasons why people didn't like the fourth indie movie, because all the three indie movies all did that same formula real well. Um, with the first one had the face melting at the end. The second one had the um, the guy disintegrating. Yeah. The third one had um, no. The second one didn't. That had the guy reaching no. into people and pulling their hearts yeah. out. The third yeah, he, one had the guy disintegrating. Yeah, so it was, that was the guy a super aging super quick. And that oh man, that was a fucked up scene. Oh yeah, that freaked me out. Well, that that got me. And I was fairly old when I saw that one. The fourth movie didn't follow the formula. No. No. But I liked it. Well, I, <laughs> it's fun watching it, that movie. It, it didn't did ruin the franchise um, me. The the chick, she she got all the information and like she like burned from the inside out and you had flames flying out of her eyes. But it wasn't it was it was dumbed down. They didn't make it as intense as the original movies. They this, they tried to make it more exceptional for all audiences. Which I don't it, think they it, it's sort of like how in um the E.T. remake where they took out all the guns of the officials and gave them radios instead. It's like newer movies don't don't use intense images as much. And that's what Stranger Things did. They took the feel from the 80s to using horror for something that, you know, these were movies that we watched when we were kids and they didn't traumatize us. And then all of a sudden in our way of thinking now with movies, they have to take guns out of people's hands and put radios in their hands instead because that's too much for kids. That's not right at all. Yeah. No, in no way is that right. But it, 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 it is a dumbing down. But then at the same time, you know, a lot of horror goes in the extreme opposite and just makes it completely depraved and destroyed. And then it becomes about, you know, mutilated, like mutilated uh, rape, torture and stuff like that. And I am specifically talking about House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. I loved House of a Thousand Corpses. Never saw those ones. I want House to see them. They're good. They're they're pretty good. Uh, Rob Zombie made, did a good job on them. I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought it was pretty good. The scalping scene really messed me up. Because I got to think about that. Um, 
But Devil's Rejects, I really liked because it actually, for some I, I believe it or not, I actually ended up liking these assholes. I thought you were um, going to say a Siberian film. All right. No, I, got, I don't. I got a trivia question for you, Michael. Anthony, can't, you, Anthony, you don't have to worry about not knowing this. I know you haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What major internet and podcast personality was one of the stars of House, House of a Thousand Corpses? Kevin Smith. Good guess, but no. Yeah, that's, that was my guess. I'm trying to remember who's in it. I'm going to uh, tell you. Yeah, Chris who was Hardwick. It? Chris Hardwick was in it? Was my Chris guess, Hardwick actually. is in that. He was the what? guy who was really like into um, serial killers. That was Chris Hardwick? Yep. I have to watch this again then. Because I... Wow. Wait, that means he's got got scalped. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know who the other main male actor in the protagonist was? Who? Rain Wilson from The Office. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. You're right. It was. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. N- knowing all that now, it makes the movie even more enjoyable because you're like, oh, wow, I actually knew, know who these people are now. What do you think about older versus newer horror movies, guys? I prefer the older stuff, actually. There's more of a, an organic feel to most of it with because nowadays they use a lot of CGI and over-the-top effects. Where in the old days, they had pretty simple things and it was it it seemed more realistic with some of the things they do and so i would it it made me really feel like it could happen and this was going to go on i really have good memories of the older stuff i really like the older stuff i think nowadays most horror movies aren't that great but i think there's some good exceptions um i think insidious and all its sequels are amazing insidious is an incredible series it's very terrifying. I, the, 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 it's so good. It actually makes me uh, sit there and say, hmm, I can't listen to this song ever again. Insidious is a really good example of a, of a well-done jump scare. It comes out of yes. nowhere. This is true. Insidious yeah, I, also does something with... Sorry, Anthony. Insidious also does something with horror movies that they figured that after a while of all the scary stuff, people weren't going to be as scared... So they switch the movie to more of a fantasy drama about halfway through the movie where there's this, it's sort of in a fantasy adventure where it's not all about scares. Yeah, a lot of the newer movies do that because they're they're figuring out the formula of, OK, so they're not that scared anymore. Let's do this, this and this. And it, it actually hypes up the it actually changing the pace actually hypes up the scare a little bit more, but also gets you deeply invested in the movie. Yeah, my vote definitely has going for the old movies. That's mostly because I think new movies in general all suffer from this kind of problem of with the advances of technology and being able to like show just about whatever you want to show via CGI and other techniques. I think a lot of times the writing of the writing has gotten lazier. I think acting sometimes has gotten a bit lazier in that it's like, well, you don't have to tell a particularly good story. You don't have to you don't have to act in a particularly good way because the graphics will carry you through. And it's like, well, I kind of miss when we had good stories and when directors had to think creative ways to show the thing they want to show when they didn't have computers to do it for them. Well, back in the uh, back when it comes to the older ones, it's more of a more of a there was no template really nowadays it's basically a template yeah and do this so it, do this and people get scared yeah yeah 
So, are there any but, bad horror movies you really like? Well, Army of Darkness would fall into that. Army of Darkness and Evil Dead would fall into that because they're really? deemed bad. Mo- they're deemed bad scary movies. Uh, are they? I don't think so. I looked at their like critical review, and they all got really the, good. Originally, reviews. they were originally they were very small budget. They weren't they weren't received super well. They have a massive cult following though. And that's why they're getting good reviews now is because people are going back to it and mm. l- and loving on it. But originally, they they didn't do amazing. Evil Dead was rated X. Yeah, it was. Really? Yep. Yeah. Why? Okay. There's a scene where someone's raped by a tree. Oh. Yep. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Back then, the 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 film rating system uh, still included X. And now it's NC, basically NC-17, which I think they're getting ready to get rid of anyway. I love Sharknado. Oh, good I love Lord. the entire Sharknado I series. I haven't seen that. I, is it good? It's amazing. It's it's <laughs> super bad on purpose, and it's a lot of fun. It's terrible on purpose because they know people actually go out for bad, scary movies. Yeah. yeah bad, scary movies are also really cool and funny at times. All of them are a lot oh, of yeah. fun. Oh, I've seen all of them. I'm trying to think if there's like a bad one that I like that I'm like, I don't care what you guys say if, if it's bad or not. I like it. Well, I, I like it because like, they, they poke because half the time the bad horror movies, they poke fun at certain genres, too. And it's hilarious. Um, if you want to see a really bad one, that's fun to watch. Um, Cockneys versus zombies. What? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> that sounds there's interesting. Some, there's some really good B stuff out there if you look for it. Um, the Haunter is on Netflix. And I wouldn't call that bad. That one's amazing. It's um, I think it's uh, New Zealand. Huh. That sounds that sounds good. I'd have to look that one up. But um, there there's one horror movie that you know it it, it messed me up as an adult. And, and there's not a lot of them that really like shake me up to my core now that I've now that I'm I'm older. But the one is I saw it right before I got it came out right before I got married. And my dad and my uncle wanted to go see it. and They asked me if I wanted to go along. So I decided to go. And it was that movie, The Fourth Kind. Really? Yeah, that movie messed me up. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, that movie got me. That movie got me bad. Like, I was... Like, I that night, I couldn't sleep. Because I was too afraid that in... I was too afraid that a freaking owl would end up here at my window, and the next thing I know was, I'm abducted. A similar movie to that that freaked me out was uh, The Mothman Prophecies. That was a good one. Interdimensional being that predicts the future. That was a really scary movie. Yeah, that was a mess. That, that's all I can be creepy. Yeah, it was really Richard Gere movie too. It was a good movie. So yeah, but that one was good. Um, that one kind of was. Ugh. Give you the heebie-jeebies. That one got me the heebie-jeebies, but the fourth kind takes the cake for me. And it, the fact that they're like. Like, oh, I can't sleep. And then like, oh, there's an, there was this owl outside my window. Oh, what does the owl look like? It's not an owl. Boom. Snaps. Also, you find out aliens have been tr- coming there. <laughs> the the format of that movie was good, too. How they showed footage of the real footage of what happened where, you know, it wasn't real footage, but no, they made I, it I look did, real. I did research and everything like the chick that's like was supposed to be the real girl. Straight up actor. I actually want to comment. It's interesting that none of us mentioned um, Jaws. I never saw that as a horror movie. I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like 
I it it scared me a little bit, but I thought it was just like one of those like suspense action movies with the with the shark. I never really saw it as a horror movie. Yeah. My little sister thought definitely saw it as a horror movie because she's four years old, sees the shark on the back of the boat eating Quinn, and she takes like two steps back and goes, "Holy shit!" And it bursts into tears. <laughs> I got I got something to share. I got something to share with you about that movie that'll change the way you think about that movie forever, Michael. Okay. The way the shark bit Quinn in half. Yeah. Yeah. That that shark had a really bad date in his mouth, where Quinn's bowels basically evacuated into the shark's mouth. <laughs> Take that shark. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Funny, but horrible. I love it. So, but technically, with how big Jaws was, you know, they, those guys should have been like arrested for killing it because he could have been a he could have been uh, an infant megalodon. We've also not mentioned Alien. Again, I didn't see it as a horror movie. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I think Aliens uh, is one. not, but Alien, I would call that a horror movie. I would definitely call Alien a horror movie. Uh, maybe, but I didn't see it as a horror movie. I just saw it as like a really tripped out uh, space action movie. I thought it was great. I like. Oh I liked God, it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. Aliens was definitely a hardcore action movie. And Resurrection we, was too. And none of us uh, think of like torture porn as horror because we've we didn't mention Saw. I, I kind of did, but like I liked the first Saw. After that, it just got dumb. <laughs> first one was good. After that, yeah, the stopped. first one was really good. I've watched most of the others. Uh, they got their moments, but it's the whole thing about you know mutilation and stuff like the way they do it and everything it, it kind of like i think okay. it was i did something that will kind of reveal how obsessive i am but right. i watched all seven of them as one movie what i did oh. and it is awesome really it is amazing the attention to detail on how they're all connected all the saws it is absolutely awesome it is really well done believe it or not i mean they get real cheesy but the wrap up of the entire series is really done well. And if you've watched the whole thing as one movie, you you remember all the connections. So like marathon it. Let, we should yeah. we should marathon it, guys. Oh, uh, OK, <laughs> we could we could do it. Yeah. 14 hours of saw. Ooh, man, <laughs> that's, uh, that's drowning in the pig guts. <laughs> Ugh, or the chick falling in the pit of needles. Oh, that, but I, I think I think we pretty much mention all the harm our car movies and how we feel about them. Now, much, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to trigger the wrap up this time. So that was an amazing call, guys. We talked about um, horror movies and how they <laughs> freaked us out. But I think it's time we start talking about what we've been doing this week. So we got planned. So, Michael, what do you got coming up? Me, I'm actually, I actually want to try and get like a, a one shot together with a couple friends uh, and, and involve you, Brian, for either like Pathfinder or uh, Mutants and Masterminds. Either one. That'd be cool. Yeah. I want to try and get something like that set up, like, like at least get the workings for it started this week and then just keep, keep plugging away with writing. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What are you going to be doing? I'm going to go see a wrestling show tomorrow. With my oh, that's wife. right. You're going to go see SmackDown. Yeah, but we won't see Cena because you can't see him. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> I see you. No, you can't. <laughs> now, Anthony, you're getting ready for NaNoWriMo, too, aren't you? I am. I am. Really? I mean, I yeah. For our listeners, that is National Write a Novel Month. 
That's this month, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's November. It's November. November. Yeah. I, I'm totally. You get I'm prepped in October, and, though. You get prepped I'm, in October. Yeah, I'm going to get prepped. I'm going to finish. Then I'm going to make this all prep this month then for sure. Uh, what about you, Brian? What are you doing this week? Recovering from the convention. Hopefully you don't get con crud. Getting ready for next week where we're going to have um, freelance writer and gaming enthusiast Paris Crenshaw on. That should be cool. That will be fun. I, I, I generally, so far, I've enjoyed every guest we've had. In the in the in gaming communities, Paris has been developing ways to run uh, role playing games for kids. Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. You getting for kids and stuff, and that'd be great. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> so, Brian, gotta ask you, where can people reach you at? People can reach me at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com. They can reach me on the Facebook page, as they can reach both of you guys as well. And they can also reach me at Nerdcast Radio on Twitter. Yeah. And Anthony, uh, uh, any other information for you to be reached at, or is you just the Twitters? Twitters and the Facebooks. Twitters, Twitters and the Facebooks. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm Mike. I'm Mike. Uh, dot nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and it's not mike dot at dot it's mike dot <laughs> yeah it's radio at gmail.com <laughs> that's that's how you can reach us and you know uh, when it comes to the facebook page guys you give us feedback there any kind of topic you think you want to hear us cover questions we'll field them we really will we we like we love feedback uh before we go though guys i really i want to do I want to give a plug out to a local artist, an entrepreneur, guy who's just really hard, working hard to realize his dreams. Uh, for He runs a company called Destiny Comics in Hemet, California. And he actually uh, had a Kickstarter go live uh, yesterday, Sunday, Sunday this, this week. He had it go live, and it's for a horror parody to Scooby-Doo called Those Meddling Kids. Who is the guy you're talking about? This gentleman's name is uh, is uh, Sir Brandon Noel. He is the owner and co-founder to Destiny Comics. He's put out. They used to. They're on hiatus now, but he puts out a a, um, a season a seasonal pulp magazine called Eight Bit Pulp, and you, which you can get on Amazon. It, it's a small startup company. He does most of the work himself. He's an amazing person. The story sounds really good. It's a it's a spoof parody about serial killers and. And criminals getting out of jail and coming after a group of uh, the group of kids and their cartoon cat that put them in jail. And it's supposed to be like <laughs> fully horror. That's cute. It's supposed to be a real good parody. And I, I, I really wanted to plug this because it seems like a very fun project, very good. And this guy, he just puts his heart and soul into everything he does. We'll have a link to the kit Kickstarter in the episode description. Now, I mentioned um, Jeffrey Scott. Jeffrey Scott 1019. You could reach him at factory1019.com. You can check him out and view his amazing artwork. Um, there's also Stephen Del Tor Jr., um, who did The Little Monsters. You can find him at creative2r.com. Creative2r.com. Mm. Okay. Um, and um, Christy Shin, who you can find at horatorastudios.com. Uh, I also want to shout out um, to um, John and A. Moreau, the venture captain for the greater Los Angeles area for the Pathfinder Society, who ran the best game I have ever played at Santa Clarita Valley Comic Con. Best game, best game ever played. 
That's awesome, guys. I had a lot uh, of- that's really good. Um, what was the scenario? I don't remember the name of the scenario. You just remember you had a good time? <laughs> I think it was called Ward Asunder. Okay. What um what character did you play? I played my diplomacy wizard. Oh, you played the diplo wizard? Yeah, who's basically just a generalist wizard who's really good at diplomacy. That's nice. that's awesome. I love that character. Did you actually have to fight? Um no, we did not skip all the fights this time. Um <laughs> and I got to be helpful in combat. Um that's I good. used I use some creative stuff. Um, we use I I I've tried to make it her thing to use the spell web shelter in every scenario in some creative way. Web shelter has skipped entire encounters for me twice now. I played um my new shadow oracle Mino Shadowheart, who is not great, and I want to rebuild him because I'm not having fun with him. And I played Grain Ardu, my wrestler. That's Ooh. the one we mentioned in the previous podcast that I talked with a Russian accent. Nice. Yes, that's that, and it, it was so great because I hadn't played him in over two years. That that sounds like awesome. That sounds yeah, fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, guys, this has been a really good call. I've really enjoyed it. I actually think I probably found that passion that I had for horror movies and everything, like things that I liked about them. Again, by talking about this, I'm, it makes me want to go see a scary movie. So I think I'm going to try and try and do that this week. I think I'm going to add that to my things to do this week and. To all our viewers, thank you for listening. All our viewers, yeah, you viewed a screen while while people talked. I know all our listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for having uh, just the, the the time to listen to us talk about you know scary movies and how we like them, and and just hit the hallmarks like Brian said. And uh, I just want us to have a good week. And as always, I'm your host, Special Mikey. We're here with Hindu Anthony. Goodbye, everybody. Super vegan Brian. Goodbye. All right, we're going to do this this time. Okay, Michael, go. We're all going to do it at the same time. Michael, do it. We're right at the end. And as always, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. What the hell? No, (laughs) you guys messed me up with that. All right, you're going to stay nerdy, stay informed, and then we're all going to chime in with stay stay awesome. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. All right, come on. One, two, three. three. Stay nerdy, stay informed, stay awesome. Stay awesome. We tried, guys. All right, Anthony, go. Anthony, I'm going to cut you off. Goodbye.